Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the SIS Baseball Podcast. I'm Mark Simon, and today we're joined by a defensive run save star of the present and a defensive run save star from the future. They're both from the Braves organization. We're talking to Adam Duvall and likely top 100 prospect in 2022, Michael Harris. Let's get right to it. Adam Duvall joins us for a short talk here. Adam ranks among the major league leaders in defensive runs saved by an outfielder this season. It's a combination of the glove and the arm. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So your numbers have been good in both glove and arm in terms of catching balls and throwing them. And something new for you this year, right field and center field a little bit too, at least a little bit more than you typically play. A lot of left since you joined the Braves though. But I want to start by asking, we always ask every player to give us their defense origin story. Can you remember the first time that you made a really good defensive play, whether it's a throw or a catch? No, no I can't. I can't recall one specific uh, event. I remember, I remember when I was with the Giants, I only played infield, right? So I was, I ended up just, in the outfield for some reason during BP and uh, kind of tracking some balls down and running them down. And when I got up to hit for BP, some of the coaches, you know, said, Hey, like, have you ever played outfield? You look pretty natural out there. And I'd never played outfield before. So, you know, that might've been the start of things, but, uh, you know, ended up not playing outfield until I got traded to the Reds. So who was most instrumental in teaching you? My first outfield coach was Billy Hatcher. So I would say he was pretty instrumental because, you know, having not ever been out there, there was a lot of questions and, you know, ideas that I was bouncing off of him. So, yeah, I'd probably say him. So one of the things that characterizes your play, at least from what I watched this year, that characterizes your arm in particular is how much you help yourself by playing base hits. And I just realized you're playing them almost as if in some cases, like you're an infielder. Can you explain what goes into that and maybe contrast? I'll give you a couple, uh, just kind of explain what goes into that. And then I'll give you a couple of contrasts that I wanted to talk about. So the idea behind that is, you know, I, I don't feel like I have the strongest arm in the game. But I do feel like I'm I'm very accurate. You know, like you said, playing balls to the backhand side or to the glove hand side, I find that it really helped playing the infield and, and being able to being able to make those plays one-handed and the footwork that it takes, you know, like on a backhand down the line to to be able to plant and get rid of it as fast as you can and be accurate with it. So I feel that having the base from the infield side, having the background playing infield helped me when I moved out to the outfield. So I was watching a couple of plays. One was sort of tangentially related to that, a play where you threw out Freddie Freeman on a double earlier this year. Yeah. Now that was an adventure with a sidewall. And I'm, I'm curious how, you, how you've learned to deal with sidewalls because it seems like they play a, a large role in, in how you field balls. Yeah, so the, 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 the walls down the line, those are, the, those are probably... The toughest, the toughest to judge, I would say, because a lot of fields have angled walls down the line. So if it catches that angle, then it bounces back towards the infield. And then if it doesn't, it's rolling down to the right field or left field corner. So, you know, you, you're kind of in no man's land until it, 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 it reaches past that point to where you can judge, OK, I got to go towards the infield or I got to go towards the corner. So I would say that's probably, that's one of the toughest plays I think in the outfield is to, to be able to judge those and make the right call. Because if you, if you predetermine and you get it wrong, you're in a world of trouble. 
Earlier this year, you threw a, a Alec Baum out on a ball that hit the right field wall in Philadelphia. It hit yeah. the scoreboard, kind of came, plopped down. Right field in Philly is a lot different from left field in Philly because of that scoreboard. What have you learned about having to play things like scoreboards in different ballparks? Before the game starts, you know, I kind of look around and see what my surroundings are in the different types of wall, like you said. So in right field in Philly, it's a chain link fence. So it's going to bounce off different than a padded wall is. So you kind of got to give yourself some the right amount of distance as the ball's bouncing off the wall in order to make the play based on, you know, what kind of fence it is. You know, I find that the chain link fence, it normally, it normally, it, it kind of dies off of the chain link fence. It doesn't bounce off uh, the, the, the fence as it does the wall. So, you know, just knowing the different surroundings and the different types of wall is going to help me be able to try and get that guy at second because, I, you know, I'm going to try and put myself in the best position to get to it as quickly as possible and, and, and throw him out. Now, you've had a chance to play center field this year. Have you had a welcome to center field moment yet? You know, there were some plays earlier in the year that I thought I did pretty well on, but two nights ago, I, I feel like I made a pretty nice play out in center up against the wall. And, and you know, that's one of the things that I've worked on in the offseason was be able to to read the ball off the bat and then put my head down and run to a spot because I find that I can get there faster if I put my head down and run into towards that spot rather than kind of turn my shoulders and keep my head on the on the ball because I'm not I'm not getting my shoulders turned and, and being able to sprint as fast as I can. So that's one thing that's helped me going back on balls this year. Now center field I think is kind of interesting for you. You're also not you know you're a big guy. I think a big guy is challenged to play center field because you kind of got to be fast because you kind of got to cover both gaps. What have you worked on to develop yourself in that way? Yeah, I mean, I'm always working on my jump. I think the jump is probably just as important as being fast and being able to read balls off the bat and read swings and, you know, the positioning that we get from from the front office. And, you know, that helps as well to try to put you in the best position to to cover the, the ground that you need to cover versus that specific hitter. So, uh, you know, all of those things go into play. Doug Lanville talked about how each of the three outfield spots are different when we uh, talked to him like a year or so ago. Left field's different from center, left field's different from right. What do you find with regards to the differences between between the spots that maybe you weren't expecting? Probably the way the ball comes off the bat, the way that, you know, left field is going to be going towards the line. And then right field, it's going to the exact opposite. So, you know, just playing the balls in a gap left field from a righty, it's going to be going away from you. Just being able to kind of set your mind up to say, okay, I'm playing, say I'm playing right today. Just knowing which way the ball is going to go, I think is the biggest key. Is there a park that you've particularly enjoyed the challenge of or a park that maybe has been a struggle for you? I liked playing, I like playing center here just because it's big and you have a lot of room to run, you know, on the downside of that is it's big and there's a lot of room to run. So uh, you, you can get tired quick, but Wrigley field is, is tough in the sense that for some reason, the sh- like the shape of the, the field with the stands and then how tight it is down the line. If you don't really focus on where you're at based on, you know, the bases and stuff, you, you kind of, for some reason, I find myself getting offline, and I, I don't know why that is. But I, and then it can be it can be very windy there too. So, you know, that always plays plays a factor. 
Wow. I was going to ask about the wind uh, and the challenge of the wind in a place like San Francisco. Coming up with them, that was like one of the first things that we worked on at first base was catching fly balls kind of in that no man's land behind first base. And they were, they had the machine out there and, and shooting them up. And that was a tough drill. So, yeah, I mean, it's always tough in places like that where it's super windy and, and the ball kind of hangs up. What advice would you give to someone, say, at the high school level? With all the different things that you talked about, you, you talked about some real, I guess, what you would call intricacies of the game. Understanding a fence, chain link versus wall. Understanding a sidewall, the angles. Understanding the difference, left, right, center. What advice would you give to someone, say, high school age, Babe Ruth League age, with regards to playing the outfield? You know, the biggest thing is, like you said, take in your surroundings. Know, know the ballpark. Is, are the, are the, the foul fences tight? You know, what kind of fence is it? And then the biggest thing for me over the years was taking live reps off, you know, during BP. I don't know. I don't know if that age will be able to do that. But that was one of the biggest things for me was, you know, machines and, and coaches hitting uh, hitting balls in the air are, aren't the same as getting live reads off the bat. And that's going to help your jump. That's like we talked about earlier, that's one of the biggest things of uh, being a good outfielder. Last question here. I want to touch on one brave thing. It can be hitting or fielding. Since you came back, you were you were gone for half a season, but you're back with them now. In your time with the Braves, who has impressed you the most defensively? I feel like everybody's such a good defender with us. That's one thing that we do very well is defend. You know, Riley, Riley has really impressed me over at third. He's, I feel like he's played an incredible third base. Some of the plays that he's made to end the game, big plays that, that, that we needed at the time. So, you know, I would, I would say Riley. And he's someone that got a lot better from last year to this year, right? Yeah, for sure. Are you aware of your defensive run saved standing at the moment in Major League Baseball? Not at the moment, but I, I know I was leading it at some point, but I, I don't know. Are you, are you familiar with it at all? I presume yes. you at least know what it is. Yeah, I am. I am. Cool. Adam Duvall, thanks for joining us. Best of luck the rest of the season. All right. Thanks for having me. We are joined by Braves outfield prospect Michael Harris. We try to interview a minor leaguer with good defensive numbers each year to pair with the major leaguers that we talk to. Michael is among our defensive run saved leaders and doing it at A-ball, which is particularly impressive because he's essentially being judged against major league players when we do this. Michael, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So Michael's only 20. He's played mostly center field, a Braves third round pick in 2019, a Georgian native born in DeKalb, about 20 minutes away from Atlanta. So basically in his hometown organization, his OPS, about 50 points above league average. He's got good power. He's 25 of 28 and still attempts at last check. But the first thing we ask you about is defense. Can you remember the first time that you ever made a great defensive play and what it was like? The one I remember, I was about nine years old making a dive and catch in center. The video is actually on YouTube, my Little League team. One of the ones I remember. Can you give us like a little play-by-play description of it? So basically it was a it was a righty up. He had a line drive in the left center gap. Just ran over and made the play. Do you remember what it felt like after you made the catch? Yeah, I was, I was hyped. <laughs> I was bouncing around after I caught it, hyping my teammates. Because uh, it was a, it was one of the, one of our rival teams. So we played them a lot and, needed that catch to keep the runs down. And since then, a lot of nice catches, including a few that we'll talk about that have been made this year. All right. So first of all, give us somewhat of a a self-scouting report on where you are at this point as a hitter, a base runner, and a defensive player. 
hitter, I say I'm more of a line drive hitter, middle other way, have some power. I can spread the ball over the field. Defensively, feel like I can cover a lot of ground. Have pretty good instincts out there. Decent arm. I can typically read where a ball is going to land or how hard it's hit off the sound or just visual on where the pitch is located. So I kind of know what spot to get to once the ball is hit. Nice. So how long did it take you to figure all that stuff out? Ever since I was a kid, just playing outfield all the time. You really can't just learn it in a year or so. It's like over a lifetime. Now, the Braves have a long history of great defensive outfielders. Marquise Grissom, Andrew Jones, Michael Bourne, and Darren Ciarte. I know you played. Did, did you not play uh, for Mar- one of Marquise's teams? Curious what he taught you. Yeah, I did. He taught me a lot. It's actually it's actually really important for my game to keep learning from him. And having him as a person that I can learn from on a day-to-day basis and working out with him, he gave a lot of s- speeches and he would go through game plan situations to get my head ready for situations like this season, which actually has made me a lot better. Give me an example of one that he got, he got you ready for. He basically gives a scenario like you're up by two, runner on second, third, hit a pop-up to you. Where where would you throw the ball? Well, depending on how deep it is. Say it's a deep fly ball, where, where are you throwing it? Basically, you want to you wanna throw it to third to keep the runner a second from scoring. Because the run at third isn't the winning or tying run. So just keep the runner a second there. So he's he's been a, a good influence in you, on you. I know that I saw an interview with you watching some things last night where you said your favorite guy was Griffey. How much of him did you get to see? I watched a lot of highlights. A lot of highlights of him. I just love the way he goes about the game. It's kind of the same way as me in the outfield. You really do anything to catch the ball. Just give up your body, going to the wall, laying out. Just a lot of similar things that I do. All right. So I found a couple of catches that you've made, including one recently. And what we typically do is we ask players to kind of take the, take us through them. So one I saw was from spring training. It was in against the Red Sox in right center field. You made a leaping catch kind of up against the fence. I'm curious if you remember it and if you can kind of walk us through it. Yeah, I remember it. It was against the Red Sox. Bobby Delbeck was the one that hit it. He hit it pretty good, but I didn't know it was going to get all the way to the fence. So I I didn't immediately get to the fence. I was kind of like letting the ball guide me to the fence. And once I knew I was on the warning track, I tried to find the fence and I seen the ball was still carrying. So I just leaped for it and gave it all I could to catch it. We've talked to Kiermaier and Buxton about the challenge of trying to play against the fence without getting hurt. What do you do to make sure that, that you don't injure yourself when you're going for a ball like that? So basically on that same catch, I went up, but at the same time as I'm catching it, I kind of did a spin at the end, so I didn't go face plant into the fence. I normally, if I know I'm going into a fence, try to either get along the fence and jump instead of running straight into it, because that would hurt a lot. So you kind of just like go along the fence and try to jump so you don't really make as much impact against the wall. So I watched that catch and it reminded me of another catch. And I was like, what, what catch is this that it reminds me of? You went to right center. So there's a catch from the 1991 World Series. I don't know if you've ever seen it. If you haven't, I would tell you to go check it out. Kirby Puckett up against the fence in left center field against the Braves in the World Series. They have kind of that glass plastic uh, divider between the that's kind of like over the fence that separates mm-hmm. the stands. But it looked a lot like the catch that you made. And I just thought that that was pretty cool. I don't know if you've seen that one. I definitely have to check that out. I haven't seen it. Oh, wow. 
Oh, and he almost threw him out at first. Toldio is pretty good. Do you understand why I was comparing that one to yours? Yes. Got it. Okay. So another catch. And this one was about a week ago. And so the angle that we got on it, I wasn't sure if it was a home run takeaway or not. And I was curious if the catch that you made, this catch that I saw on Twitter from about a week ago, was a home run robbery. Honestly, I don't know. It was pretty close. Tell us about I, it. I really do not know. The bottom of the 11th, we were tied 2-2, two to two, I believe. They had a runner on second. The lefty up. He hit the he had a deep fly ball in the left center gap. As soon as he hit it, I thought it had a chance to go. So I was on my horse. I was digging to the wall. As I got closer, I saw the ball was more catchable. And if it was if I had a chance to leave, I just knew I had to jump and get it. And that's what I did. I don't know if it was going out or not, but I'm just <laughs> glad I made the catch. How many home run robberies do you have in the minors? Uh this season, <laughs> I don't if you count that one in one. Okay. I had one in one in spring training. So basically two this year. That's pretty good. A couple other things here, quick ones. What do they work with you in the minors in terms of positioning? Because that's become such an important part of the game these days. Most teams have like little cheat sheets on where to play players. But my coaches, they tell us that they trust us and what we see so we can position ourselves based on what we've seen throughout the game from a batter or the way he's swinging at pitches or where the catcher's located or even how the pitcher throws, even if he's like, Slower thrower, like lower velocity, higher velocity, you can position yourself based off of that. Besides Marquise, who, what other coaches have been a really big influence on you? Lou Collier, he was one of my coaches. Former major leaguer? Marquise's brother, Junior Spivey. I had a lot of coaches when I was playing with the MLB breakthrough team. Uh, not even necessarily coaches. I was actually learning from Ender and CRT and the other outfielders because I, I looked up to Ender a lot my senior year. That's who I like model myself after. Sure. If I was to say I was to play like one player in the league, I thought that I would look a lot like him. Yeah, I was going to say that your minor league stats kind of look like what he, he's been like in the major leagues uh, when he's been at his best. We always ask players to tell us about your glove. Is there anything particularly special about your glove? I have my nickname on my glove. It's Deuce and it has a star on it. And on the other side of it, it says, sorry, not sorry. So whenever <laughs> I make a... Sorry about it, but not really sorry. That's great. I like it. When did you do that? This spring training. I like it. It's a it's a good philosophy to have. Rumor has it you can you can throw the ball pretty well too because you're a former pitcher. Yeah, I love making throws from outfield. What's your best one? I had one about a month ago. Was, I was playing left. We were playing Asheville. There was a guy on second. He hits it more towards center. Pop up the center. So I round it. I call off the center fielder because I feel like I had a better angle because he's a lefty too. So I was already rounding it, caught him off, threw him out at third all the way in the air and was just waiting on him to uh, get tagged. Very nice. So I sure changed you earlier. I, I said you had 25 steals this year. You're 27 out of 30. You're at the time that we're talking, 293 batting average, about an 800 OPS, 24 doubles, three triples, seven homers, all very solid numbers. What aspect of your game are you looking to improve upon? Uh, this year, I was. My goal is to improve my base running, and I've done that. Everything else, I just wanted to stay steady and work on everything. as Well, because everything still needs to be worked on. So I just try to improve in everything every day. What aspect of base running did you improve this year? Getting better jumps. And when I get jumps, making the right move to be faster to second or third or even secondaries or reading, reading balls in the dirt. 
reading pitchers' moves, stuff like that. All the stuff that the minor leagues are meant to teach. Michael Harris, thank you for taking the time to join us. Best of luck. We'll certainly be tracking your career closely as you go. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. A lot of people saying a lot of good things about Michael Harris, including Braves announcer Chip Carey. Dahlbeck drives one deep center. Harris as far as he can go up against the talking about his offense you're talking about another guy defensively that can go get it that's a great job know where the fence is times it perfect he has done nothing but earn rave reviews from everybody who's watched him play and our first slack at him very impressive today this wraps up today's episode thanks to adam duval and michael harris and our producer justin stein i'm mark simon thank you for listening to the sis baseball podcast Thank you for tuning in to the SIS Baseball Podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, email the show at mark at sportsinfosolutions.com or tweet us at sportsinfo underscore SIS.